0: Welcome to episode 133 of the GSD Entrepreneur Podcast with your host Jules and Satoya.
1: Running a successful business never comes without its challenges, but it also includes a lot of highs. In this GSD Entrepreneur Podcast, we explore both. We dive into what it looks like when the entrepreneurs are committed to getting done. These are people who are pursuing their dreams, so we dig deep to understand how they are doing it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride.
0: Hamida Ravenel-Patrick and Blaine Wise are go-getters in the truest sense of the word. They are smart, relational, caring, detail-driven, organized, and have built quite the network of genuine relationships. Separately, they have rich experience in the fashion, retail, and hospitality world that together are making them and their new business, Rivet Concierge, a company that is making great waves. With Rivet, they want to simplify people's lives by providing services that tap into all their expertise. We hope you enjoy this episode. GSD Entrepreneur listeners, we are excited to be on the mic again with you today. Uh, We have a treat in store for us. These are two women, actually, not just one. Like is typical for us, but this mm-hmm. is a powerhouse duo of two women who we have big amounts of respect for. And as we've gotten to know them over the last, I don't
1: know, a couple of years maybe? Well, one couple of years, mm-hmm. and one's fairly new within the last year for sure.
0: Yeah, so we've got on the mic with us today Blaine Wise, the wonderful Blaine Wise. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Welcome. <laughs> And then we have on the mic Hamida 2, Fat Mata, Ravenel, Patrick. Wow. All of it. All of it. And you go by Allegra. Allegra. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And that really is her name. And it's really fantastic. Before we turn on the mic, we were talking about... The stories behind that, and I mean, I could literally sit with you and a bottle of wine for hours uh-huh. and just hear stories of your growing up and all that, but in all seriousness, she I does, do want to
1: know, did you play sports and they had to put all that on your jerseys? Well, she wasn't married
0: at the time. I was so married, but Patrick wasn't married. It would married.
1: be like H. Ravenel. H. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but not, <laughs> oh, it, but no. I
0: think it's the best. Tu Fatmata Ravenel. Yeah. That's the best. Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> Patrick. So, Hamida, mm-hmm. welcome. We're so, so glad to be on the Happy mic. Happy to be here. Today. Yeah, for sure. So, we know Hamida because, Hamida, uh, we met you through Hamden, working at Hamden with Stacy Smallwood, who is one of our faves. Mm-hmm.
1: And she's been on two of our podcasts. She has. She's one of the on. very
0: few who we've had come back for a second exactly. go-around.
1: And it was worth it.
0: It was. yo, oh, yeah. If you haven't listened to those episodes go back and find Stacy Smallwood, really really good episodes. She's a rock star. But we met Hamida because Hamida was working with her and just fell in love with Hamida at first meeting and have kept in touch. Hamida has since moved on and partnered with Baleen, and they've started a company called Rivet. Is that your whole is that the whole name Rivet Concierge or just
2: Rivet Concierge is the whole
0: okay. name. Mm-hmm. So Rivet Concierge and we're going to get into all of the story behind that. But what I'd love to do is I'm going to just kind of stop talking because I can ramble. And people are like, Julie, we you stop? Let's hear from your guest. So I'm going to be quiet. But what I'm going to ask you guys to do, we'll start with you, Blaine, is take us back and like kind of paint a picture of your history of where you've been, both career-wise and just kind of where you grew up and all of that, so that we can get to know you better and then it'll probably come to a segue, then you'll turn it over to Hamida and let her take it cool. and give us her background. Sound yeah. good? Sounds good. All right, good. awesome.
2: I always get this question because, I I don't, I don't know, I've had really different types of jobs and people are interested in, like, how do you get that job? And so I have to retrace this whole story basically every time. But well, you get... know what's
0: great is now you can be like, go listen to my podcast. So <laughs> yeah, like, oh. now I have an out. And I don't have
2: to repeat myself. That's right. Send,
1: you'll send the link to them. I'll send you a link. <laughs>
2: um, So I grew up in Luverne, Alabama, and that is a small town 50 miles south of Montgomery. It's a population of about... Twenty two hundred people. Um small <laughs> small, very so she's small. She's our fourth
1: guest that, that we have on from Alabama. Oh, small, yeah?
2: yeah? Deja town. Town. Yep. We all try to get out. Yeah. <laughs> we end up other places. Yeah. That's <laughs> definitely true. I've run into people from Luverne, Alabama, in Italy. Like, wow. You just,
0: no, that's a small role. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean,
2: it really is. All My mom jokes, she hates Luverne, but she's like, all roads lead back. I'm never going to get away. <laughs> <laughs> um, she has gotten away. But anyway. So um, I, what
1: was the population again? 2,200. Oh, man, you couldn't get away with anybody. Anywhere. No. Everybody had spanking rights. And it's a, my family's
2: business is there. So either I'm related to you or you work for my dad. So, like, the fun thing to do would go be, like, parked at the gas station and convince someone to buy you beer. And, like, no one wanted me in their car because no one would buy me beer. <laughs> Under age, I mean, you know. I would have to reckon like, with dad. Yeah, yeah. So that, I had a, I had a lot of... Uh, learning how to bypass certain things like not being able to find someone to buy you beer like what do you do you make a fake id <laughs> <laughs> do it yourself but so you're a problem solver yeah love it. um and maybe my mom would say maybe a little bit mischievous but um anyway so my like i said my family business my family's business is there and
0: what's that business are you about to tell us
1: I wasn't, but I oh. will. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh,
2: it's something I've had to reckon with as an adult, and as I've like formulated my own opinions about life and the world. Um, it's a hunting and fishing wholesale distributor, so that includes guns and ammunition, which you know I grapple with what my views on gun policies and gun control are, along with. All of the opportunities that business has afforded me and then all of the hard work that my close family has put into building this business Mm -hmm. it's over 100 years old Mm -hmm. my great-grandfather started it my grandmother and grandfather still work there every day and they're well into their 70s my dad is there and now my brother my sister my Mm brother-in-law and one of my cousins are all there so it's very much like in the family Um, so that's that's what it is and you know I, I'm sensitive to the question only because I know it's such a, a sensitive topic of discussion yeah. especially these days but anyway the
0: problems are not the guns no we, we all sure. know that right you know, and the problems no. are not the guns the problems are is, is whose hands are the guns in that's the problem so yeah. yeah and
2: trust me like it, it hasn't you know gone without a lot of thought and concern from my family like well and you see no, it on more, the news. probably like, more than anybody I'm yeah sure they like think about it. here's walmart pulling the Dick's sporting sporting goods all competitors are pulling guns from the shelves and it, it you know it's a daily topic of discussion yeah. but um anyway to yeah. get away from that um <laughs> so my parents lived in Louverne and they uh, decided to, that to get the best education we needed to be going to a private school in Montgomery. So that's an hour away. Um, my brother is two years older than me and he started going and then I did and then my younger sister did but uh, you know for the first 16 years of that my mom was waking up every morning to cook us breakfast, get us ready, drive us to school. She's an hour away. An hour away. Mm-hmm. She volunteered her time at the school library just to pass time and then would drive us home. Or And then oftentimes my dad would wait until uh, our sports practices were over and he'd drive to Montgomery wow. to pick us up from sports and then drive us home. So a lot of the times my parents were just like passing each other on the road, you know, like, here we go, we're doing <laughs> this. But... I mean, that was an incredible sacrifice on their part. Um, and the school I went to was fantastic. It, it still is has a great reputation. But um, you start in kindergarten with the same 60 people that you graduate with. And having an older brother, as I'm sure a lot of people know, makes dating life hard and mm-hmm. can make a <laughs> lot of stuff hard. Especially my brother and I um, had a lot of, like, Political and other differences, and so you know, I think we're super competitive and maybe didn't get along very well. So, I just had a hard time at that school. And asked my parents, starting in like the third grade or something, could I go to boarding school? Like, is this something we can consider? Oh, you asked them. Yeah, young. I mean, wow. but I was lucky. I was around people that had already forged that path, and so mm. it wasn't like something really novel for me to bring up it was just like well this is a way out Mm -hmm. you know or to do something different and I also felt like really hindered by only having one perspective um so finally in the fifth grade I guess yeah we started seeing an education consultant out of Atlanta and here and there lots of visits ended up doing my freshman year of high school in Pomfret, Connecticut, at a boarding school there. Um, Spent two years there. And then, while I was there, my brother and sister were in a horrible car accident. Uh, He was driving her to school and fell asleep. And so, yeah. Because he took on, once he turned 16, he took on the responsibility of Mm -hmm. taking us to Mm -hmm. school. But then he'd have football in the evenings, and you're on the road two hours a day. Like, it's exhausting. So, um being that far away at that young of an age I was 16 it it I would I just felt selfish and I was like you know I've seen what I need to see here and like ready to come home and kind of told my parents on a whim my dad was actually in Argentina and I called him and I was like I guess I'm gonna stay home and go back to school here and he was like well go buy a car and get a dog <laughs> and I, to really like I think drive home the point like they really wanted me home and it was really hard on them but anyway that taught me a lot about so you went to boarding
1: school from fifth grade to
2: no 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 i started seeing the education consultant in okay, fifth grade okay. but like freshman year of high school, high school is when i was old enough to go so
1: how how long were you in boarding school
2: two years freshman and sophomore okay. year and it, it was honestly like three days before i was supposed to go back for junior year and mm. just kind of pull the plug yeah. but it was a great decision um the schooling I had done at Pomfret I I was already I'd finished the requirements to graduate from the school in Montgomery, um, because we did Saturday classes. I did uh, all APs, So uh, um <laughs> there was nothing else yeah, to I saying, do. I would just made me. a face, but there's literally nothing else to do. <laughs> it's a lot of school. It's a lot of school. <laughs> but so the last two years, my junior and senior year, I just like took art classes and free periods and it was awesome. Like I had a ton of fun and it was great. Um, and then, as far as college goes, I, I really didn't consider anything but Ole Miss. That's where my brother had gone um, prior to me graduating, so I, I applied there. And to appease my grandfather, I applied to Alabama just to say, like, yay, I got in. He's a big Alabama fan, so did that. But went to Ole Miss. My little sister came. My parents got a condo, and we're pretty much there, like, every weekend. They would take dinner, like, they would take friends of 15 people to dinners and stuff, and it was Mm. a great time, and I kind of felt like I got back that time I'd missed while I was gone, Um, so it was great. College was awesome, and then, I guess, about sophomore year of college, I was going to random places, like the Blue Canoe and Tupelo, to see this little band called the Alabama Shakes that no one had ever heard of, you know? (laughs) and I'm like one of two people standing in there and I, I got to know this guy um Dennis Herring who at, owned a recording studio in Oxford but did like major um, music production type stuff uh like Pay Fiasco type big but um got to know him and didn't really know what I was doing in college like I was just kind of there <laughs> checking off a box I guess and um he was like, I know of a guy that needs a personal assistant. You should go have a meeting with him. That guy was, is the owner of Fat Possum Records, which I got hired the day I went in and worked a full day. The first thing wow, I was...
0: with no experience. With really? no experience. Yeah.
2: Just, you know, I, I... Just
0: a great smile.
2: Well, <laughs> and I, I, I attribute... Uh, it to the work ethic.
0: Um, and I, I was going to say, and a massive work ethic, yeah. growing up in a family business, for yeah. sure. And, going and to school
1: on Saturdays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean,
2: you know, I, I guess it's maybe because I'm short or something. I'm somewhat tenacious, so it was very much a boys club, and you kind of had to, like, scrap your way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I at first had, like, a couch that I was sitting on as my desk, but I was spending, like... 12 hours a day at the office <laughs> and so well, I. while like, going to school yeah I, well not I was attending classes I wouldn't say I was like <laughs> striving for anything so at this
1: point you had no career path no you had, no. You were, I, was I just, mean you, you were just showing up to class yeah
2: because this job turned into like way more than I thought it was mm-hmm. um, because I just wanted to make myself indispensable and I wanted to make a spot for myself there mm-hmm. and so I, I made a desk. I rearranged the furniture one night when the guys weren't there. And they were so mad when they got in. Mm-hmm. But I was like, look, I'm here more than y'all. I need a desk. So got a desk, got a salary. Hmm. And I was traveling with them to New York, San Francisco, Seattle. And, um, you know, it just wore down on me a little bit. And I think I woke up in Seattle one morning and I was like, if I don't, leave this. I might die before I'm 30. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, it was just a hard lifestyle. So I ended up just again on a whim applying for, uh, Johnson and Wales culinary program and moved mm-hmm. to Charlotte with all within like a week. And, um, and I had spent, sorry, I spent a good time, a good amount of time at the record label, ended up staying in Oxford, Mississippi for seven years and, you know, could have been a doctor, I guess, in that amount of time, but (laughs) decided to go to culinary school, and not in any effort to be a chef, um, because I was trying to get away from that lifestyle, it was just something that I knew I enjoyed, and in a way, because I had a serious job in college, I... Hmm. Never felt like I got to do the study abroad or Mm -hmm. like the fun stuff that people kind of mix into their curriculum. So to me, culinary school was that. Um, So I did that program uh, for two years, or yeah, two years, and then through that got a job at like a specialty food store um, that's local to Charlotte. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like a Dean and DeLuca type Mm -hmm. place. Um, But yeah, I was making sandwiches and salads (laughs) to order and it's just funny to me to look back on that time because it gave me such a different perspective of how people treat other people in certain Mm. circumstances. For sure. Um so the little person behind the counter making your sandwich you're probably not going to be like very nice to but anyway uh, that but you should be. You should be because yeah. you have no idea like who they are For or sure, what they can do to your
1: sandwich. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, I would never do that. I take <laughs> I take food sanitation very seriously. But um, anyway, I, it's kind of like the HIPAA Code. <laughs> or, mm-hmm. But uh, with it. so, but while I was there, it, I think to the ownership it became obvious that I was a I was pretty well educated and had a lot of experience. So they moved me into their event planner role which was pretty cool because I had never considered that and I, I really just think that I think you have to be pretty organized to be an event planner and mm-hmm. that's really my only skill set I wouldn't say that I bring stuff. anything else to the table I don't but, would not say that yeah. um, so that was cool because we were doing stuff for like NFL players and NASCAR drivers and All sorts of things, but I wasn't happy in Charlotte. I think it's a pretty cold place to move to and try to network in, Um, maybe because of the size, and that was, like, the biggest city I'd ever lived in. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So I I started considering uh, where to go next, and I'd actually uh, lived in Charleston for a summer in college and really just loved it actually lived out of my car for a week because my rent was up that summer and I just didn't want to leave mm-hmm. and so I had my car packed up and I was just like parking at places you yeah. know and doing like my regular thing until finally my parents were like okay school's starting <laughs> like you need to come home <laughs> and so yeah I mean again I just wasn't you that can say you that you were
1: homeless for a week
2: yeah, I, guess. I mean, I had a nice car. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it qualifies even still, but yeah, I, I lived. Where shower? I lived a transient life. There was a guy, you know. All oh, right, wrong.
0: <laughs> so now we get to the tree. yeah, okay. No, but I,
2: I, I, I made a lot of great connections. Which um, fast forward, you know, past Charlotte, I move here, and I mean, even still, like know those same people that Mm, I worked with that summer at a restaurant here in town and they've all gone off to do great and amazing things um and they are people that I call on all the time like Justin Westbrook is a great example he was working with me as a server I was a hostess that summer here in Charleston and now he's got like an incredible business Mm -hmm. um he travels the country he's an antique dealer but also owns Westbrook moving like just the coolest, nicest guy. Hmm. And that's someone I met that summer. So I I felt in a way that I wasn't moving somewhere like I didn't have any connections. Yeah. Um, but to another degree I was. Like I didn't necessarily have any best friends here, family close family. Um, so So I, for a time just time yeah. frame. When how long ago is that that you moved back
0: to Charleston?
2: So, I'm on my fifth year here in Charleston, Um, so for the first two years I was here, I was working as Historic Charleston Foundation's event planner, um, and that was a full-time job. And then um, the Spaleto Festival job opened up. Their event planning job opened up, so that was just a better fit for me, Um, and it it was just all around better for, for what I was hoping to do with my life, like be closer to the arts, make a bigger impact on children. It's hard to get people excited about preservation unless they are already inclined to mm-hmm. do so. Um, so it was like a sexier job too, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know. So that, and then I was there for two years, and I guess somewhere in there is when, while I was at Spleto when I met Hamida. Um, and then, yeah, we—I mean, we just kind of clicked and started talking about what what wasn't fulfilling about our current jobs and what our hopes and dreams were for the future. And so it just kind of made sense, and we both felt like we were at a place that we could maybe explore something else. So that's kind of present day uh, where we are. But but I guess we've been working on the rivet thing for. A year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. So crazy to think
0: that, isn't it? That it's been a year already. Yeah. 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 All right, Hamida. Let's turn the mic over to you and let's hear your backstory of how you got to the Rivet experience now. Yeah.
3: Um So, Charleston is home. Dad the is born and raised yeah. right here. He's the baby of 13. What? Are, oh, yeah. We didn't even get to oh. Dad's family oh, earlier. God. Yeah. Oh. Dad is the baby of 13, so, like, my family is ridiculously large yeah like so so big that I I remember in like elementary or middle school like coming home like having gotten into a fight with like some friend at school and my dad would be like you got so many cousins you don't need any of these friends (laughs) you don't need any of these people you got cousins for days you're fine but (laughs) I mean I'm family family not allowed to go anywhere no you're stuck with those friends forever (laughs) so you know forget about them yeah um, but yeah, so Charleston is Charleston's home. Um, mother's from Sierra Leone, West Africa. She came here visiting a brother. Met my dad. They fell in love. Did the long distance thing for a couple years. My dad's Air Force, so he put in orders. He got Charleston, so my mom moved to Charleston.
0: That was that. They did long distance from Charleston to Virginia. Africa? No, no, no. Oh, she, she, my mother was she had, in moved she had already Virginia. moved right. to Virginia. Yeah.
3: Yep. So mom was living in Virginia met my dad long distance for a couple years that feels like down the street I mean I had in my mind I I no 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 no. but long distance enough to like correspondence and maybe this is just who they are correspondence is like all letters oh yeah it's like it's really sweet honestly to like go back and read I don't know if they know I've read those but to go back and read their (laughs) correspondence when they were dating but that was before email yeah you can you didn't you didn't have that opportunity and And you could call that was before free long distance exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah um so yeah that is how my mother ended up in Charleston and then that is how I ended up here. Um so school was I went to a small private school um it's called Northwood Academy it's still I think it's still in North Charleston I might have moved to Summerville I have no idea. Um but my mom met a woman she my mom was an accountant on the air force base decided she hated mm-hmm. being an accountant and <laughs> went back to school for her early childhood Education, and she is now currently still working on the Air Force base as um, one of the directors at their Child Development Center. So she loves her life. She loves children. That's her -hmm. deal. So are you the only child? Oh no, no, no. I have I have a younger brother from my parents' marriage, and then I have two brothers from my dad's previous. Okay. Okay. Yes. So three brothers, and then me.
0: Okay.
3: Um, Met a woman at work. Her name's Miss Jenkins. Love her dearly. Uh, She told my mom about this school called Academic Magnet. She's like, it's this great school. I think Hamida would be a perfect fit. You know, it's basically like a little nerd school. Um, I really think you should, like, t- test her. Like, try to get her in. So she did, and that's where so I went. So it was more for the intellectually gifted kids? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So I want to say you're tested on, like... um you know, I feel like you had to do these like Duke math testing mm-hmm. things when you were in the middle school. Yeah. Geez. So, like, those kinds of things. And then you had to like go in and like write an essay and like all this jazz. Um, so, yeah, we did that. I got in previously at Northwoods, though. I'd been at this school from nursery to eighth grade. And to Blaine's point about a small school, I'm talking my graduating class would have been 40. Mm-hmm. With, and I would have been with the same kids from nursery throughout. So, like, this is all I've known. Mm-hmm. These are my people my mom tells me I'm going to this magnet school I'm livid I do not speak to her no I did not speak to her for the entire summer and it wasn't until way later in life you know like late 20s she tells me how sad she was this summer I like did not utter a word to her because I am stubborn and I literally did not utter a word to her I said what I had to say because it was very rude to like wake up and not say good morning to the people in the house or when you enter a room and not speak to people Mm -hmm. so I did those things but like no conversations. Yeah. Wow. Yes. But, lo and behold, mother always knows best. <laughs> I ended up marrying someone I went to high school with. You know, I had six girls in my wedding. Five of them were all girls I went to high school with, which is, like, you know, pretty rare. I'm 32 now, mm-hmm. and most people's best friends aren't people that they went to high school with, mm-hmm. but, like, we were we were that tight. Like, it was, it was a small school, small community, and we were just... Yeah. It didn't matter where we went. Everyone went to different schools. Everyone went and did all these different things, but we were all pretty tight. Hmm. Um, what was your graduating like, class? Uh, a little over 100. Okay, so, so it was not... a little bit bigger than... Yeah, North yeah. North. yeah. Oh, way big In my brain, like, I was at this, like, huge 4A school because okay. you know, <laughs> Northwoods was so small, but hardly. It was still very... It was still small, but it was great. So with USC... Um, First job there was working at the Oops Company, which we have here. Mm -hmm. Um, There was one in the Five Points. And it was just, I just really wanted a job, honestly. I was like, I just kind of want something to do. And it was cute, you know, it's kind of like mom and pops. Like, they wrote all their own signs and did all their own whatever. So it was like my first little step into retail. Um, But like fashion, the clothing, dressing, that's always, it's always been a part of mean a part of my passion and I'd like to blame my mom actually when I was growing not blame or congratulate maybe I don't know, I don't know <laughs> how we would how to call that a tribute yeah it. but she uh, when I was in like elementary middle my rewards if you you know good grades all those things that equaled clothes for me like I mm-hmm. got limited to was like my obsession mm-hmm. That store limited to and I got the catalog so on Fridays, when, like, your grades came home, like, if I had A's, I knew I was going to the mall on Saturday and getting an outfit. Hmm. And, like, I lived for that, because we wore uniforms, so, like, getting to pick out what mm. I wore wow. was, like... <sighs> is your mom
0: fashion conscious?
3: I mean, is, is that important She.
0: It's so funny, because she would
3: say, I don't know where Hamida gets all of this from, but, like, yeah, yeah. But she is. Yeah. She absolutely is. Yeah. In, in a different way, like... We, on Sundays growing up, we would have to pick out all of our clothes for the week and iron them Hmm. so that they'd all be ready to go. But she had to approve what you picked out and you couldn't wear anything you wore the week prior (laughs) or not together anyway. So like you, I mean, you had to get creative about it like how you're going to put together. I guess I wore this shirt last week, but I'm going to wear this and it would be different. So like, Uh and that's why I'm like, you, you created this, honestly. (laughs) Like I didn't didn't come out the womb this way. Like you did create this and... (laughs) Honestly, I really just carried it through my entire life. You know, in school, I thought I was going to be a lawyer and you know, poli-sci and all. Like, that's what my studies were. But, yeah, it, it got to a point where I was like, I don't want to be a lawyer, actually, at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. So by the time I got back home, left Columbia, back in Charleston, trying to figure out what I was going to do, I was like, I guess I'll just work some retail jobs until I figure it out because mm-hmm. that's what I've done. So, worked for Ralph Lauren, worked for, you know, big, all these big corporate little boxes. Mm-hmm. Ann Taylor, White House Back Market, Lucky Brand. Um, my last, like, big corporate one was White House Back Market, and I was there for three years, maybe? Three years, and was approached by Billy Reed, um, which is actually out of Alabama. Yep. Mm. <laughs> Circling back. Florence. is out of Florence, Florence, Alabama amazing amazing store i love it and they reached out looking for a store director you know i'd been in retail at this point since forever It's mm-hmm. what basically what it felt like um so i took that job loved it was there for about a year and then was approached by stacy smallwood mm-hmm. who you all know very well she poached you Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, she invited. She invited, she invited. It was a a conversation, honestly. It was like, let's talk. I'm looking for, and at the time she was just looking for a stylist. I was like, great, Mm -hmm. sure, that's my bread and butter. It's what I love to do.
0: Yeah, and if the listeners don't know, Hamden is high-end fashion runway, Paris, Milan, New York clothing. Yeah. So Hampton's as good as good as it it's as get good you. as it gets. Yep. yep.
3: Not only in Charleston but beyond. For sure. It's, yeah. It's the top sure. line. It is amazing. definitely in a class of its own. And Stacy's done obviously if you've ever been to Hampton or met her an amazing job. Yes. And they're expanding again. And they're expanding again, yeah. which I'm so excited for. Yeah. Um, take over the world, basically. So, yeah. so at Hampton for a while as a stylist, and then probably, I mean, probably less than a year there, um, there became like a void for, you know, uh, not necessarily a manager, but definitely a role, kind of a step up to kind of help, help other stylists and help just kind of like rein in what, you know, the customer relationship aspect looked like at Hamden. And Stacy and I sat down and talked about it and, she offered me the sales manager role, and I was like, sure, I'd love to. Mm-hmm. You know, It's already what I love to do, and just helping people, the people, other stylists who are already there do it too. Um,
1: and it was amazing,
3: Like, I love, I, I genuinely do love retail, and people who work retail probably do not get enough credit. It is so hard. It's so hard, mm-hmm. yeah. It is hard. Yep. I mean, sales in general are hard. Retail sales in a store, I mean, you are on. You yep. are on.
0: You're on, but you people on. come in with walls up, so yes. it's like you have to break through the walls and then. Yes, sell. I mean break through the walls. It's hard.
3: First off, you have to read them, like yeah. figure out who they are, what they are, what they want. You know, some people want to be talked to. Some people don't want to be talked to. Some people want you to literally just follow them around, and there's you know everyone. You yeah. get you get everyone, but it teaches you so so much. Yeah. Again, back to the person who's making your sandwich behind the counter, like you. Really learn a lot in a service role mm-hmm. about people and about how you should treat people, yeah. you know.
1: Definitely. But in the Hamden, also, um, it's not just about the person coming in, but when they leave, it's continuing yeah, that it's relationship and building that relationship. For because sure. I know we, one of our clients is in Atlanta, and she gets all of her stuff from Hamden. She didn't come to Charleston and do it. Y'all, the Hamden ships it to her. Yep. So you have to get to know your people. Yeah and build these relationships and so it's a whole different side of retail that it's not like just going into the gap absolutely because they or banana republic or wherever they don't build a relationship with you there right and so yeah you're on a whole different level of retail true and where you were
3: yeah and i i honestly think that's why i i was so good at what i did was just because i i generally do like people Mm -hmm. (laughs) i like people and i like talking to people and i'm i'm you know for lack of a better description like building a relationship just seems natural to Mm -hmm. me that's how I learn about you and what you need and Mm -hmm. what you want it's just it's what's necessary so I was at Hamden for a little less than three years I think and within that time is when I met Blaine um and you know we it's so funny like probably within like a week of us meeting like we clicked so hard so soon Mm. like the conversation about like what do you want to do with your life? Like, we were having this, like, three weeks in of
0: knowing each mm-hmm. other. <laughs> what do you think it was that made y'all click? What's Are are you similar or are you different in that, like, opposites attract? Or what was it that was this fireworks?
2: I'll go first. Because <laughs> okay. I have, I'm, like, the sappy side. It's really, like, for me, I've never met anyone like Hamida, and I don't... I don't have a lot of girlfriends, so it was extra special to me that she was female, and we got along so well, and she's just, like, the most down bitch I've ever met. Like, there's nothing I I can say or do that I would ever feel, like, judged about. Like, Mm -hmm. truly, she just lets me be myself, which is so refreshing and, Mm -hmm. like, you know... I I look at her as, like, a mentor, honestly, more than a friend. And I think respect Mm -hmm. is a huge part of, like, Hmm. why I love her so much. And, like, I don't want to disappoint her, you know. And I don't know that I have a lot of people like that in my life where I'm, other than, like, my parents and family. Like, she's the first person I, like, Hmm. have ever really befriended or become friends with that, like, pushed me to open up that way. Mm -hmm. So that's I, that's, that's yeah. my feeling about Hamida, <laughs> but she does that with everyone. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know. That was my little. But she doesn't uh, go
1: into business with everyone, and there's no. a difference because there's a different whole level yeah. of different trust when you're going into business with
3: a with a partner. Um, with a partner, and especially with someone who's really your friend first, you know, it's mm-hmm. it, it's tough. But I I equate Blaine to my other husband, which is pretty funny, so, I, and you all have met Charlie briefly, but, um, Charlie's my best friend in the whole wide world, and he and Blaine are so similar, like, it's really, quite really. hilarious, huh. yeah. She's your work husband. She is my own, she, <laughs> she, they both know, I refer to them both as husband, and, um, and She's, like, the hardest-working person I know. Like, you've heard everything that she mm-hmm. has done, and those aren't yeah. those aren't easy things. They're, I mean, she says, like, oh, and then one day I, like, picked up and did it. Okay, yeah, right. really, really hard things to do. All of a sudden, do. I became yeah. the events yeah. coordinator for yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Get out of here. That's all kind of a big deal. <laughs> all, all very, very, very hard things to do. Yeah. Very similar to Charlie. Like, they're, she has the most amazing work ethic on top of just being, like, a really genuine person, and I find in a work relationship – it's not going to get any realer. Like You have to be able to totally. be able to have those conversations with each other and be able to just like lay it all out there and be really, really honest about stuff. Mm, and yeah. that's exactly why we are in business together. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you do. And, and Jules and I, I mean, obviously we have two businesses and we're about to have two podcasts together and we live together and work together and play together. We do everything together. Um, and we have to have hard conversations and they're not in in hard conversations obviously hard's in there for a reason it's yeah. not easy it's not easy to hear sometimes and it's not easy to approach the other times but mm-hmm. it's how we choose to um take the feedback and sometimes I have a problem with that um and I, I have to get better so it's really learning how to dance oh for sure And mm-hmm. not, and knowing that there's going to be a time that I'm going to step on your toes, but we're just going to keep going, keep, keep going, yeah. um, and, and and that doesn't happen. There's there's reasons why people go into business by themselves, yeah, yeah, um, because they they can't they don't have that ability to. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing or a good thing, but when you have a partner, it does make it a little bit easier.
3: Oh, for sure. I if, it, if it's the right partner, if, if it's, it's the right, fair, no, no, right, yeah, I, if it's the right, I I cannot partner. see myself doing what we're doing like rivet concierge would not exist if not for Blaine. like there I, I wouldn't do this on my own mm-hmm, honestly mm-hmm. like that's how big of a role and how important she is to what we do like I I we like joke about like I'm I'm definitely the like people person like I'll talk to you all day long mm-hmm. I'm I will build that relationship but when it comes to the person who's like getting down and dirty and like doing shit that is Blaine. Mm-hmm. like she's such a workhorse it's mm-hmm. insane yeah um, and I honestly aspire to be like that like mm-hmm. there's a reason she like as organized as you have to be to do everything that she has done in her past, that is not me mm-hmm. i i I can make a list of things that need to get done, and I will do them. They will not be in order, um not even close uh partly done sometime, like you know that's yeah. just not me, but she is just so uh, Steadfast in like a list of like things to do. Like yeah. anyway, yeah, and, and it's it, done, it, and
1: all the t's are crossed, oh, all the
3: N's are done. Absolutely. And
1: if and if it wasn't on my list,
2: I retroactively go back and put it on there. Yeah, down yeah, down. yeah so, just so just so everyone knows I did it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So
3: tell us about Rivet. Yeah. So um, Rivet was born literally a, based off of a lot of what we've talked about, all of these things that we've done in our past, all of these people that we've met, all of these relationships that we've made, you know, it comes to this point where people trust you mm-hmm. a lot, you know, you especially for me at Hamden, at Billy Reed, and all these other places that I worked, like, yes, I was like a stylist, but, I mean, it was so mm-hmm. much, so much more than that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I've been in your home, like, I know your children, like, I know literally mm-hmm. everything, and yeah. so you, at that point, trust me and my opinions on things well beyond what you're wearing to this event, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's kind of how it was born. It was, you know, I've got, I'm going on a trip where you just went on some big trip. Where'd you go? What'd you do? Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. I, a matter of fact, I'll, I'll make you a list, mm-hmm. a really detailed list yeah. actually with like every hotel I went to and every restaurant I went to. And like, this is a place you should go. And mm-hmm. like all these things that honestly we enjoy doing, um, but it wasn't part of our jobs. Mm-hmm. We were just doing it just to do it, and it was like, uh, I think we could like market ourselves to do this, yeah. you know? Yeah, full time.
0: Like this. So, so what is so? And I love it, and I love that what you've done is you've just found a need and created a solution, right? And so I think that it's explain to us like who your ideal customer would be and what would they ask you for. Is that hard? Are you still... I mean, just because the out? questions,
3: the things that... <laughs> Gosh. I mean, even the same, like, as a stylist, the things that I was asked that were... Or asked that were... I mean, they have nothing to do with what you're wearing. You're like, mm-hmm. wait, what? Um, ideal customer, though, I mean, there's, there's quite the gamut. You know, there's the person who doesn't even live here in Charleston. Mm-hmm. Um, they just want to come to Charleston, but they want to do it right. So it's about...
0: It's but it's not all about Charleston. You no, do things outside no, of Charleston no, too. Yeah,
3: No, you don't you don't have to be here at all. Um, yeah.
2: It's all about utilizing those connections and I, I, don't, I guess fortunately, I like I was I did a a party in Alabama, back in Alabama because I I'm not a people person <laughs> and what, but my sister like shared our website when it went live and like, you know, that's how that evolved and then you know it just word of mouth and it doesn't matter if it's Charleston or not like we'll happily go anywhere or you know research or do anything but yeah we're open to everything and I think the ideal client has kind of shifted as of late which has been very exciting for me Hmm. because again not being the biggest people person I like people but like you know yeah Opinions (laughs) Opinions can. <laughs> I have my own very strong opinions. Um, so why do you need others? Yeah, right? no, I'm usually right. Just ask me. <laughs> uh, but I, I would I would say that I guess as probably all entrepreneurs find out that the ideal client has shifted into mm-hmm. something else, and there's a now it's like a corporate thing. It's not just mm. who is this person. It's who is this company that's outsourcing things that we're doing on an individual level, you know. Again, just that word of mouth. We made a a really conscious decision not to do any marketing really other mm-hmm. than have a website and have our business cards and wear the boots on the ground. I think we're going to go a lot further if we have that face-to-face interaction and it gives us like a natural vetting stage like do we like this person like do we even tell them what we do like you know it gives you control over your own sort of building of who the client base is yeah
1: so what are some um, services that you are
3: providing currently to your clients so
2: event planning Mm -hmm.
3: um it's been interesting like it's funny you know i mean you all were part of that process for us like writing down what we think are going to be mm-hmm. these big, huge, you know, the big things that we're going to be doing. And then what you end up doing, you're like, oh, okay. Well, well the first job, went,
2: tell, tell them what, you, what our, like, first job was, yeah. which was not on the list for yeah. Laura.
3: Oh, yeah. I'm like, wait, what was the first job? <laughs> which you all helped with, but I, you know, in a roundabout way. Um, yeah, hiring, like, household staff. Like vetting, interviewing. Mm -hmm. It was a process. It was a process that I think we, like, casually wrote it down. like, And we can help people, like, find people to do stuff, not thinking that was going to be, like, a huge thing for us. But, yeah, she needed a nanny. Mm -hmm. And she had had a couple people she reached out to. And, again, when you have a network that's, as large as what our net combined network is, mm-hmm. you get to like reach out and create this huge pool, mm-hmm. and the luxury in that for Laura was she's a single mom of two, who runs a business, she does not have the time to interview. I mean, I probably talked to fifteen nannies, mm-hmm. fifteen people like mm-hmm. extensively. I mean, uh, thirty forty five minutes easy. References. Like when yeah. do, who it who has a long time. who has time to yeah. do that? Right. You, you that don't have to, a full time job. That is that is someone's job. It's called HR. <laughs> like that's, exactly. That's all. sudden in your <laughs> HR. Yeah. Like you just don't have time to do that. So again, finding or finding a need and fulfilling it mm-hmm. for someone, which in my brain we never really imagined it was going to be like.
2: Let's find. And since then, we've had another conversation with a potential client about hiring a their store manager. Hmm. Yeah. Or their business manager. Mm-hmm. But it
3: completely evolved from, like, I mean, you know, you were there for what we thought it was going yeah. to be. Yeah, because we built
1: out the avatars. Yeah. Which is, which is what and you And it was do? more
0: like a, a guy comes to you and says, I want to plan a really special night because I'm going to propose to my girlfriend. And that so has that, happened still. yes. Yeah. But overall, it's just been on Or a, like, I want you to take me shopping to pack for this huge trip I'm going on. Yeah. Or I want you, those weren't the kind of things yeah. that
1: you were thinking of a year ago. Yeah, I want my refrigerator with groceries before we get back. Yeah. Those kind of things.
3: All the very obvious things that we thought were going to be like the big, those are going to be all like consistent, this is what we're going to be doing, and it's really just branched off into not what we thought at all, but so happy and excited mm. for that. Mm. And not that those original avatars and all those things mm. don't exist, like, They're out there. Yeah, Yeah. someone going. She's going to Aspen for a week. She's like, "What do I need? Nothing fits." You're good. I got you. We'll we'll make it work. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm interested, especially in the business side of what what Rivet is doing for businesses, let alone the individual. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Which is which would be what corporate? I mean, corporate events, or you're talking about like vetting the hiring, I mean, those kinds of things. Like, what would be the things that a corporation would ask you to help with? Events. Yeah. Events, okay.
2: Events, travel. I mean, there are some groups, and some of these, like, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm for the hotel expansion in Charleston, <laughs> but because there's so many boutique hotels that, like, are a little bit more self-service due to the lack of employees, like, this is, the model is changing. Mm-hmm. So... You know, they outsource a lot of their stuff, which I didn't even think about. But oh. like honestly, our bandwidth between the two of us, we kind of set off I think in that first year goal, like get five great clients and that let's do that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, that's word of mouth that you yeah. know, we'll meet other people that way or like some one offs like a family vacation here for the first time. That's the type of stuff, but I don't, yeah, I don't. I've never expected it to turn into an opportunity where we could have just one big client, and now we're thinking on a different scale. You know, mm-hmm. like it's not five clients. We want one great client, like one of these bigger hotels that's not even here yet. That's coming. That yeah, yeah, and we can take advantage of. Well, these developers are not from here, mm-hmm. and here's a local company that has experience. Hiring. Like, I, I think to one of the new big hotels here, uh, the opening date kept getting pushed back, and what the word on the street was is it was a hiring issue. There weren't mm-hmm. enough people to fulfill the higher up roles. Well, mm-hmm. if you hire a company, to do that for you you know you're going to have a lot better luck with again our resources just by knowing people so Absolutely. you're it's
1: kind of transitioned into like a staffing company mm. or we are do you, it i mean I you're mean, doing it yeah um, but that's an, that's but added it's with on a really personal touch. Right. it's, there it's exactly. added yeah. on to what you thought you were going to do and now yeah. you're getting into this uh you're right with mm-hmm. a personal touch i mean you're
0: when you, you think know, about even, a concierge, right, they're, like, very active in helping you. Mm-hmm. Whereas a st- staffing, I mean, you're doing that, but it's a very different touch. Absolutely. In any, in any service that you're offering. I mean, it's for people who can afford it, right? So exactly. It's, mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's part of your ideal client. Or people who have a budget uh, to bring in somebody like you guys. To And it's really more about finding the right people and saying, what do you need? Exactly. Because with our network, we've got resources for probably whatever you're looking for. So we got gotcha. you. Yep. I mean, that's, sort of, that's what I see it as kind of evolving mm-hmm. into. Yeah. yeah. So the corporate thing, the opportunities that you're sort of evolving into are those, and you don't have to give any more information than you want to give about this, but is that literally just being in the right place at the right time? Or is that having conversation with someone over wine and they're saying, gosh, I know this opportunity, and you say, well, we can we can
3: do that it's literally a little bit of yeah. all of all of the above mm-hmm. like to speak back on me literally just loving to talk to people yeah. half of these things just come out of having conversations with people Yeah, and then following up huh. which has been obviously that is how I've built my entire career is yeah. you establish this relationship and then you follow up Yeah, um, yeah. and that's exactly why we are here yeah. honestly yeah. and that's
1: why we always say this first of all if people show up What is number one? If they call you back,
0: yeah, sadly, those are
1: differentiators now. Yeah, Um, because I I mean, we would we've been um, we'd reach out because we're two women, we don't know anything about electrical, but it's so weird that we will call people, oh, I or they don't call us back for one, Mm -hmm. or if they do call us back, they don't show up, you know, and it's like. And so it's like trying to find good people that you can trust or good concierge services going to make sure that they, vet that person, that they will show up. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's worth paying the extra money. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So if
0: people want to hear more about what you're doing, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Just go to your website? Yep. Yeah.
2: I think that's a great starting point for anyone to get an idea of like what you might need help with in your life, even if you're just curious or maybe you had considered a personal assistant part-time or full-time, like there are other options and, you know, we can certainly fulfill all of those. So I think starting at the website and then we like to have a face-to-face because mm -hmm. again, it helps to know what motivates individuals, what they're dreams and desires are for what their lifestyle is so
0: plus the connection has to be there for sure that's Mm -hmm. because you guys are such a high touch point that you have to like each other right yeah 100 yeah it's definitely an interview on both sides both sides yeah Yeah. Yeah. so so what's your website we'll tag it in the or link it in the show notes too but it's just www.rivetconcierge.com okay perfect um I love what you guys are doing. I love it because I think it's so organic and grassroots, and I love that you're not marketing, that you don't need to, that you've worked really hard. It's been natural, but worked really hard at just building relationships, and you're literally building a business that's coming off of your networks. I mean, that is so cool to me, and your experience, and just how both of y'all's experience has married together to create this really really awesome synergy for your company. So, I love it. I cannot wait to see where you guys are a year from now and just what's Same. changed and what's grown and all of that besides your We're going to have a baby. Your baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you are going to literally have a, a literal baby. baby. she's yeah. wearing her camo today so we can do it. That's right. <laughs> all right, we need to transition so we can wrap this up. So, what we're going to do, we have a list of 70 questions. This is how this works. Super easy. You guys, Hamida, give Stace a number between one and seventy, and then Blaine, you'll give me a number. We'll answer, ask the question associated with that number.
1: Right. Okay. Okay. Me first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. It's my age. What trait do you most like about yourself? Oh, I
0: like that. Ooh. I didn't mm. that one. <laughs>
3: right. <laughs> I does just being a people person count? Yes. I just really like talking to people. Yeah. Honestly, and I know. It's not natural for a lot of people to just like randomly talk to people, but like that's literally me. It's I, I love it. I will. I will. That. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll talk to you.
0: I'm gonna ask you the same
3: question. What do you?
0: I mean, you can give me a number too. But what trait do you like most about yourself?
2: Hmm. Um, I guess I would say loyalty, probably to a fault. Hmm. Um, I love really hard. So.
0: Hmm. That's not. And that, a, that's not, not a fault. fault. It can be yeah. a detriment. Trust me. <laughs> it can me, but, for yeah. sure. I, I'm, but not on your side.
2: <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I would say, you know, I work really hard at being, real uh, the best I can be in that regard. Yeah.
3: So now, what trait do you like most about Blaine? She's literally the most hardworking person I have ever met in, in my entire life. Yeah like hands down it blows my mind again wanting some of it to rub off on me (laughs) so that whatever you work hard and all you're right my friend and how about you what's
0: your favorite about
2: Hamida I mean she's my role model like I everything like she's just she's the most mature like nicest down-to-earth person and I can always trust that she's just gonna give it to me straight Yeah. yeah I don't we asked for one question. and you gave us twenty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just, Let me gush over my work life a little more. Hey, most
0: partnerships would kill to be able to gush yeah. over each other. So you enjoy every minute of that. Okay, what's your what's your number?
2: Twenty-four.
0: Twenty-four. Do you have a pet? I do. Okay, <laughs> if you could if you could ask your pet three questions oh, and then answer it, what would they be? Gosh.
2: First of all, what's your what's your pet's name? Okay, this is my second dog. Okay. His name is Tolliver. Um, like Oliver with a T. Uh-huh. And he did I say he's a Frenchie? No. He's a French bulldog and the cutest thing ever. <laughs> like he has Is he is he good? No, he's so bad. Like the first year of his life, I would just break down crying. Like, I hate this dog, like what have I done? Like, how? <laughs> this is why I can't be a mother to a child. Like, because I just hated him. <laughs> but he oh, was, are
1: bad dogs.
2: But he yeah. was like, peeing, he was like peeing on a brand new rug every day. You know oh, that geez. type of stuff. And I just was like, okay, this was a mistake. They, but it didn't they, help that
3: you had a really good dog prior. To yeah, it like, another Frenchie.
2: No, my first dog was a boxer. And uh, literally, if I start going down that road, I'll be crying because I get you know, it, yeah. he is the. He's still the best dog that will have ever lived. (laughs) Frenchies are cute, though. Frenchies are cute, and and Tolliver has like I've warmed up to him, and vice versa. But they're just stubborn. Like he doesn't. Nothing can be my idea. You know, (laughs) everything he does, whatever he wants. Um, But that's my fault. I let I raised him to be that way. (laughs) (laughs) But I think my first question would be like am I your favorite person? (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, because he might actually hate me just as much as I hated him the first year. Like, he might feel like he's in a prison. I don't know. I just want to make sure he likes me and that we're good. Um, Second would be, like, man, it's funny this is the question because I always tell Tolliver if he would just say one word that we would be millionaires, like, Rivik could retire. (laughs) (laughs) And we'd we'd take the show on the road, you know? (laughs) And it'd it'd be hilarious. Um, And I always wonder what accent he would have. I I realize it's probably French, but, you know, it'd be funny if it were, like, a Texas drawl or something. (laughs) Anyway, the second question... uh, like, do you remember your mom, I guess? Like, Aww. I don't know what you ask a dog. Like, I, but, like, that's curious. And then I guess the third would be, like, can you clear up this thing about dogs and their sense of time? Because that's something I always feel really guilty about. Uh, yeah. And yeah. there's conflicting information question. out there. Like, That
0: is a good question.
2: Like, Do you know how long I was gone? Or like, could I have stayed out a couple more hours? You know, like, did I come home for just because I felt bad that you hadn't like gotten a treat
1: in a while? Yeah, love it. Have you seen the movie Secret Life of Pets?
2: No, because I don't like anything where like an animal might die. No, this is a (laughs) cartoon. Oh,
1: they they don't die in cartoons. (laughs) They're cute. Okay. But it's funny that they it thinks about how um, dogs and cats and animals think um, in, in a cartoon. But they yeah. we've watched a couple of them and they're they're pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but they <laughs> they all come alive after their owners leave and they're just fine <laughs> in the yeah. movie.
3: Yeah. I feel like I do talk to Tolliver a lot anyway. I was going to mm-hmm. say, Blaine talked to Tolliver like he can talk back. <laughs> I have witnessed this. Oh, so she does. That's why. I, mean, so I this is a like great a question for her. I've lived yeah. alone,
2: by the way, for 10 years. True. Yeah.
0: So yeah. Tolliver
2: talk- and Mad <laughs> Boxer were like my roommates. And yeah. They yeah. were who I talked
0: to. <laughs> hey, they're the best kind of roommates. Yeah. They don't talk back. No, no <laughs> that's right. Even though maybe sometimes <laughs> yeah. you do know, but um, the, oh, the secrets dogs keep, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's true. Awesome. All right,
0: you guys, we got to wrap this up. So much fun. You did not Loved disappoint. <laughs> we knew this yeah. was going to be good, and you did not disappoint. Thank you for your time. Thank you. And all the very, very best with Rivet Concierge.
3: Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks thank for you for having us, listeners.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in. Check these guys out on their website if you have any interest or need in their services, definitely check them out. That's how you'll out find out about them. Yeah,
3: There's a way to reach out to us via the website. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Hope you go make it an awesome day.